Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on a Wednesday evening. It is a Woody Wednesday on Snap Judgments on the podcast. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Guess what? It's another day. There's more information to talk about with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let's just get it out of the way now, shall we? Sure. What are we talking about? Did not see Jackson Smith and Jigba walking off the practice field tonight uh, like we did last week. Now, the timing of that was structured a little bit differently than a week ago. Um, but it does not appear, based on some of the feedback and uh, information that we've gathered over the last two days, that there is good news to share with Jackson Smith and Jigba's uh, health. I don't know if I can call it a setback or not. I don't. The pitch count thing did seem to exist on Saturday, but we also uh, had eyes that saw something maybe differently afterwards. I think that at some point Ohio State's going to have to probably clarify a little bit more of what's going on here because it does seem to be trending the wrong direction. Uh, maybe that's just my read on it uh, or the, the few people that have given me some indications on that. I'll let you guys weigh in on it. But when C.J. Stroud says, I don't want to spill Jackson Smith's and Jigba's personal business, that's about the most revealing public comment he could possibly make about it. And it lines up more closely with what we're hearing privately, Berm. Yeah, it seems like this is a situation where Jackson has had a pretty frustrating last two months, and uh, you don't know how much is too much for a young guy to take or to deal with when it's uh, you're dealing with the present versus the future. I guess we're still in sort of wait-and-see mode to see what that means, but uh, as you alluded to last Wednesday, we saw him out here after practice catching balls on the jugs machine this week we haven't seen him at all, and that is a, you know, a disconcerting turn of events as far as what it means for him this Saturday and potentially beyond. Yeah, um, I think all along what we've heard and what we've seen have not exactly lined up. Uh, at least what we've heard publicly and what we've seen have not exactly lined up. That kind of continues to be the case. Um, I guess we'll see what happens, but I think I said on. Tuesday that, you know, maybe he'll play on Saturday, and I am less confident in that now. We will probably get some more clarity on Thursday on the lightning round with Ryan Day, but I don't know that we're going to get a firm final answer on what all this means and for a few more days, probably. Yeah, I think that there's an element here where Ohio State doesn't want to, A, talk about injuries, B, give away uh, strategic information to Penn State, and I understand all that part. Um, but to say that the plan is proceeding the way that Ryan Day did on Tuesday, I'm not sure that I can fully buy that the way that I did 36 hours ago. Uh, I'm, I'm with Bill in that I'm saying I, the confidence that I have that Jackson Smith and Jig was going to play against Penn State has gone down. I am not reporting one way or another definitively what his plans are um, for Saturday or anything beyond that at this point. But we've talked about it all along. And we're just going to throw that out there in the interest of full disclosure that that's where it is right now. Uh, it's been a frustrating thing for me to cover. Uh, I'm sure a frustrating thing for Ohio State fans to follow who wanted to see the best receiver in America out there. And that's the reason that we've talked about it. But look, putting him back out there would just be a bonus at this point because Ohio State has already built, again, the best offense in America without him, which would have been a crazy thing to say in August, but is now actually true. It is true. Um, this this receiver uh, versus defensive back matchup with Ohio State's against uh, Penn State's defense remains all, uh, you know, as enticing and intriguing as 
it would have been if Jackson were available. That was a lot of the conversation with C.J. Stroud. I think Julian Fleming got a good deal of that too. I think it's really fun. Like I, I know it, for Ohio State fans, maybe it might sound crazy to think that there's a secondary out there that can present a challenge to, to Ohio <laughs> State's receivers. Uh, I am pretty sure it exists somewhere, and if it does exist, it probably exists in Happy Valley. So um, I think it's a really good test for the receivers. I think it's a great test for C.J. Stroud. He was talking about you know Penn State's really physical. They, they play the ball really well. They, they're really good at the line of scrimmage. It's going to require um, impeccable timing, uh, anticipation out of him. So it's a good measuring stick for them, regardless of what you think of the Penn State program and James Franklin. I think that secondary is legit, and it's going to it's going to mean something if Ohio State can throw the ball on them. It goes back to something I said on Monday morning's podcast daily. Normally, with the Ohio State receiving core, if you throw a 50-50 ball, it's more like a 90-10 ball because Ohio State's receivers are so good. With Penn State's defensive backs, I think it makes it more like a 60-40 type matchup. So you are going to have some of those plays that we have watched go the Ohio State way all year long not go the Ohio State way because these guys are pretty good. That being the case, it does not matter from a personnel perspective for Ohio State if Jackson Smith and Jigba's there or not because Marvin Harrison is becoming maybe the best receiver in the country. Uh, Emeka Buka is becoming maybe the best receiver in the country. Uh, Julian Fleming is <laughs> playing the best football he's played. Uh, in his time at Ohio State, as a touchdown in five straight games, this the Cade Stover uh, continues to be a weapon that the Buckeyes are. Now that's a weapon I think this weekend we'll probably see a little bit more of uh, so than too. than we did in the last couple weeks. So the Buckeyes will find a way. They will obviously going into this game against Penn State. One of the things that people talked about is, hey, Penn State gave up 418 yards rushing to Michigan. Is that an area where the Buckeyes can can expose some weaknesses? And I think that that has to be the goal. You soften them up, and then you and then you attack the secondary. Bill, what uh, Donovan Jackson was asked both about the running game and about the stunt that he uh, sort of missed assignment there for mm-hmm. n- nothing else to really call that, I suppose. They get loud uh, a free shot on C.J. Stroud that turned into an Iowa touchdown. What did you make uh, of his assessment of his play and uh, maybe the offensive line as a whole? Yeah, I mean, he owned it, which is good to hear. Um, I, we forget, he's a sophomore <laughs> from playing yeah. for the first time. Uh, mistakes are going to happen. What he described uh, – what happened on the sideline afterwards with like, you know, guys coming up to him and encouraging him and like tell him like, you know, just snap back, go play the next play. I thought that was good to hear. I think it's, it's a group that's, that's very much cohesive um, that, that is still playing well. Like they had a bad game running the ball, but like it doesn't all of a sudden mean they're not good. Um, I, I think they're probably looking for a little bit of a bounce back this week. Penn state's defensive strength is not up front. So maybe, maybe it can come for them or not. You know, they're not a tremendous pass rushing team. We saw them get, housed in the run game against Michigan. I think that's out there for Ohio State, too. But I don't think Donovan's lost any confidence, nor do I think he should. Um, and I think that group kind of rallied around him in a way that to, to make sure that, you know, one one bad play was just one bad play, and he can bounce back this week. Penn State's best pass rusher of this season, I think, has been Damian Robinson, transfer from Maryland. He did not play last week against Minnesota. The expectation in Happy Valley is that he will play this week. So if you're looking for the one guy – but he's an outside guy, so you know if there's any worry about confidence from the interior linemen, the guards, we talked about it on Wednesday's stock report. I don't think those guys are going to be quite as challenged. Penn State has a very good uh, defensive tackle and, and uh, P.J. Mustafer, but beyond that, it is an undersized group that is not going to present the same sort of challenge that Iowa did. So you should see confidence regained in that area. But you know, for Ohio State, this offense still goes as C.J. Stroud goes. And how Penn State attacks him will be very interesting to see because they do have corners that you feel confident putting out on an island, but not a lot of teams can play Ohio State 
man to man and live to tell about it. And as you know, Manny Diaz's tendency is blitz, 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 leave your corners on an island. That is going to be an interesting matchup to watch. It's going to put a lot on Luke Whipler's plate. We didn't talk to him tonight. Um, and a lot on seat. They're the guys who have to communicate all that stuff. And when they're on the field, it's going to be pretty loud. Um, so it, it, I, if it's a struggle, maybe early on to figure that out, where the pressures are coming from, because they're going to blitz it. Like I, if Penn State blitzes 75% of the time in this game, when, when Ohio State's passing, I won't be surprised. That's sort of what Manny Diaz does. Um, they've, not see, they've seen teams break their tendencies and blitz a lot. I don't think they've seen anybody blitz as much as Penn State's going to. That also puts a lot, as you mentioned earlier, both of you did, that on Cade Stover's plate, whether that means that he has to stay in to help pick up some blitz protections or if Ohio State tries to use him to relieve some of that pressure as a pass catcher, we've seen we've seen both, and, mm-hmm. and he's capable of doing either one. I think that makes him a really intriguing piece for this one, especially uh, with what we're talking about. Ohio State wants to run the ball, so he's a key factor in that. Mitch Rossi would be too. Maybe G. Scott. Uh, who knows? But... Maybe this lines up where the tight ends become more important. Uh, Ohio State, it's not the year of the tight end. Sometimes it's just a week or two throughout the year where it becomes really important to them. Uh, Cade Stover, uh, you know, doesn't get to touch it every single week. We saw, you know, the hurdle and the excitement. You know, I think that this is one that sometimes in these Penn State games, you see the tight ends, whether that was Marcus Baugh in the comeback or Jake Stoneburner in 2012 streaking down the field against Penn State. Tight ends... You guys have leaned on some history to say it's going to be close. Maybe maybe tight ends are the ones that thrive here for Ohio State. I actually like that uh, prediction because I remember in, in 2020, not the same thing because there was no crowd, but, you know, and it's a different coordinator, defensive coordinator for Penn State now, but they were pressure heavy in that game, and Ohio State got a little bit out of leaking Jeremy Ruckert over the middle of the field kind of late. I think that's probably going to be available to them this week, and it could be a big day for Gates over. I agree. Anything else did you learn? You learned no, I tonight? Mean, I, I think that it, these Wednesday nights are kind of weird here because the collection of players we have is sometimes like representative of nothing. <laughs> like, it was a it was a kind of a random selection. You know, we players. tonight. It, so America, here's how it goes. So I, we told you this before, but people have to request who we talk to on Wednesday nights, and we don't really have any control over that. So there's Javante Jean Baptiste and Caden Curry neither of which figure to play a major role in Saturday's game against Penn State, which is somewhat peculiar since it's the most important game of the year to this point. You'd figure that maybe there'd be more requests for those guys who would be involved. But, I, you know, it's good. I'd like to know who asked for Caden Curry this particular week. But we talked We've to been Ju- asking for him all year. Yeah, I think like, like, oh, everybody wanted to talk to him. Let's just do it this but week. But we talked yeah. to Julian Fleming. He obviously knows what he's walking into back home uh, against Penn State. Would you call it a Lions then? I, I would call it a Lions then. Seems a little uh, on the nose. And, uh, you know, he's he's looking forward to some good old-fashioned hate. Uh, I'm sure that will ramp him up a little bit. But you can tell he seemed a little dialed in. And as a kid who I wrote about last week, like everything just sort of is moving in the Julian Fleming direction right now. And I think you're looking for a, a guy to to be a difference maker in this game when Penn State, regardless of if Jackson Smith and Jacob plays or not, you can only cover so many guys with two guys. And uh, that will leave at times someone like Julian Fleming open. He's taking advantage of that, I'm told, in every single game this year with a touchdown. Every game that he's played, he has scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's a berm stat. We're going to have to come up with a nickname for it because the people love it. Yeah. Mayor, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that could have gone. you got three we, days to figure it out. Could have yeah, we'll gone that any out. direction. Let, let's, let's do a, a, a quickie here okay. if we can. A couple quickies? You know, you guys do on the Tuesday Daily, you do what we're going to ask Ryan Day. Yeah. Um, what are you going to ask Ryan Day on the lightning round tomorrow? 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> Just loving that softball. Well, you can't both do it. So <laughs> what else do you want to I know? I mean, we may have to, Burn, because the situation is not. Doesn't feel normal. What I thought it was. This is just a, the way things evolve, however. We are in a new world. Yeah. Uh, and again, this was kind of what we talked about in like week three. When you're dealing with a, a hamstring injury, you just don't know how long it takes to fully heal. And because the hamstring is so fickle, the more time you spend off of it or not building it, the rest of the leg gets a little bit uh, twerked, mm. tweaked. It's tweaked. Or twerk. That's a different video. However you're into. Yeah. It's a totally different video. But I, I just wonder, like, if it's a situation where a family has said, hey, you know what? Let's figure out what exactly we have to do here or what exactly the goal is. I, I don't personally believe that Jackson Smith and Jigba is a guaranteed top 10 pick in the NFL draft. I think that has to be a discussion that, um, you know, NFL folks will have if, he, if we don't see him again on the field this year. But you can't be mad about it one way or the other right like yeah it's it is well it's his it's his decision yeah. and he and i i don't know what it, that's one one has been made yeah i know that over the previous five weeks or six weeks or seven weeks that there had been one which was do everything to get back um you know if the pitch count thing and it was the very last one that he was supposed to get wound up with a twerk like <laughs> that's unfortunate but it also changes the calculus, calculus yeah. moving forward um and so that's and the reason that I say, Burn, like, what else is there to ask? This team, like, doesn't have a ton of things going on. Like, it's it's not boring to watch them yeah. because there's something special that's really happening for the entire team. But it doesn't mean, like, there's not a, a new storyline to, to lash into it, every it single It has been week. singularly topicked most of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that that's... a a sign of the stability of this particular season because that was very different than the one that we covered last year yeah. where there were a myriad number of, of myriad issues popping up every single week. Some that you could talk about and some that you had to hint at, but it was bonkers around here. It's not that way. It wasn't, like, we, it's, we've been in such a, an extended period of weird that at this juncture, everything that happens is sort of like, eh, Figured that'd go out. Figured that's how it'd go. <laughs> but, like, you don't want to just presume it or assume it or try to put yourself in another person's position, but that's where we are now. Okay, well, what question do you want to ask? Uh, I'm not going to ask one. I don't ask questions on Thursdays. No. There's, like, you know, I get to ask questions on, like, 40-minute days. Otherwise, I'm just the guy in the back. You can ask a question. You're, they, every single person who uses the raise hand emoji gets called on for that. Yeah, but I... The way that our setup is, I, you wouldn't be able to hear me ask the question oh. on the video, and I think that's weird, so I just like, nah. Some people use two screens. Nah, don't do that. You can that. use me as a proxy. You can text me your question. I'll Maybe I'll do that, but I mean, the, the only thing I really am interested in is, is how Ohio State plans on attacking the, the Penn State defense, and I don't think they're going to tell us that. <laughs> well, Burn, here's the game plan. <laughs> I don't think they're going to give us <laughs> that information. Yeah. Um, so I, cool if they did. my question would be sort of uh, relegated to the, the trash heap because it would be given a coach a coach speak answer, and uh, no no point in that. I just I think I want to know how much you watch Penn State play Michigan and say okay we can do that. That's what I'm interested in is how much of that film matters to this team because 
Penn State was pretty soft and bad against Michigan. But also, the last time Ohio State played Michigan, they were pretty soft and bad. So is Michigan making teams soft and bad? Or were those teams just soft and bad? I, I mean, hmm. I don't think if you phrased it that way, you'd get an answer. But you can, if you asked how much of the Michigan film was relevant for Ohio State this week, I bet you might get a non-coach speak answer, something close Maybe. to it. We'll see. Probably not. That's the end of this. Tune in the on the find out. <laughs> it's Woody Wednesday at the WAC. That'll be Thursday at 12.50 p.m. Um, approximately. Uh, starts pretty punctually. We'll see yeah. after the Ryan Day Coaches Show. A lot more uh, content is always coming as we get ready for Ohio State at Penn State Saturday at noon. This has been Snappy Jays on a Woody Wednesday. That's Bill Berm. I'm Austin. We'll see you tomorrow morning.